0: Hello and welcome to the Care Exchange, the Skills for Care podcast for managers in social care. I'm pierre FJ Burton.
1: And I'm Mally Rossbridge.
0: Before we start to introduce our guests this month, I just wanted to talk a little bit about podcasts. So I've been a fan of podcasts for many years. I really like to multitask and being able to listen and learn something while I'm doing another task really, really appealed to me. Um, I like listening when I'm doing household chores, so washing, cleaning, cooking,
1: well, that's interesting because I normally listen when I go for a walk. I really like it when I'm walking.
0: Yeah, people I know some people listen while they're at their desk and they're doing sort of kind of mm. admin task. Again, I suppose that's multitasking. Um, there isn't a right or wrong way, but I just wanted to kind of um remind people that you can if you haven't listened via an app before, um, you can try downloading a podcast from a podcast platform, um, Spotify, Podbeam, iTunes.
1: Yeah, I do that. And it's a great way to explore and engage with topics that you haven't thought about. And there's so many podcasts out there as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But obviously, the Care Exchange should be top of your, <laughs> top of your list. And just remember to subscribe so you get notifications when you get new episodes. Um, and there are more details in our show notes about how to find those um, podcast platforms because there are lots out there.
1: Great. And today we're talking to Karen Ross. And Karen is the registered manager of the Shared Live Scheme in Coventry.
0: So you may not be familiar with shared lives, but Karen will explain more. So on with the show.
2: Hi, Karen.
0: Thank you very much for joining the Care Exchange today.
2: Thank you. Thank you for asking me. It's lovely to be here.
0: Are you okay?
2: Yeah, everything's good. Everything's good
0: that's always good to hear. So just my first question to you really is the one I always ask is about what was your journey into social care?
2: I suppose, Pia, really my journey started very young. Um, I had a mother that was instrumental in supporting people in the community um, and she would take us along, whether that was to residential homes or neighbours that needed supported. So I think those values were kind of instilled in me at a very young age that my mum really promoted an all-inclusive community and that there are differences and people sometimes need a bit more support than others. Um, And it just led me into wanting to be involved in in health and social care.
0: And what was your
2: first job? Well, I actually um, started with the Coventry City Council 32 years ago um, as a residential social worker in a home for young adults with learning disabilities. Oh, okay. Um, and then through through the years, through those 32 years, um, I've had about five um, different social care roles within within the council. Um, yeah. Started um, from residential, moved into community um, outreach work where I was supporting adults again with learning disabilities that were living independently in the community. Um, Worked in um, the adult social care teams with the social workers, um, doing assessment and care management. Through that work, um, I was introduced to shared lives and made a few placements um, a vacancy come up and I did a sideline rather than a move up yeah. thinking um, that it was a service that I was just so so impressed with really enjoyed working with um, so joined um, the shared life scheme nine nine ten years ago okay. as one of the shared lives officers and then was able to progress to the registered manager.
0: Wow. So, so you start talking about Shared Lives. So tell me about Shared Lives. What, what is it?
2: So Shared Lives is a national organisation and there's Shared Lives Plus that supports schemes across the UK to manage and recruit carers. I think the easiest way for someone that doesn't know about Shared Lives to understand is that we all know about fostering and we know about children that need families to support them. Shared lives is very much the equivalent to that for adults. Okay. There are um, adults with learning disabilities, mental health, older people, physical disabilities, that we can support um, to move into carers' homes, become part of their family. They're in communities, um, so they can access all community activities with the support of a carer and family. Okay
0: so the so the people you're supporting um will go and live and be part of a family um and and the your your staff, I suppose your your carers are the the individuals who are part of that family so I mean, is it is it just one person in that family or is it a whole family? How does it work
2: So when we do a recruitment drive, we'll get people that will inquire to us. Um, And yes, they are opening up their home, their lifestyle, their family, and introducing somebody into their home um, to live with them as as part of their family and and community. We all know that families come in very different guises. We have families where there might be one person living in the home. We have younger families that are having their own children. We have older carers um, where maybe their children have grown and gone off to university or left the home um, and they feel that they can invite somebody in that has additional um, support needs that they feel they can introduce to their lifestyle. I always say when we we have carer inquiries, we would assume that there's some social care experience. There doesn't have to be, you know, we, we are looking for ordinary, caring people. And I always think the word kind is, is not used enough. It's people that are willing to share their lives. It doesn't matter if they've been a postman or a barmaid. Or yeah. It's those core values that we all have in, in recognising people for who they are and wanting to share, share that lifestyle with. So, yeah, it's, the matching process is absolutely instrumental yeah it's really important to get that match right and those introductions um, both for the person being placed and for the carer because that investment is what's going to lead to a successful placement and a long placement Um, and obviously we'll have introductions and overnight stays so that there's time for both parties to make that decision if if this is something they'd like to continue with
0: And
2: how long are the placements usually? Oh, Pia, we have placements that have lasted over 40 years. Um, We can do, we predominantly look at long-term placements. Um, So I can't say it's a home for life because we never know if we're going to have a home for life, but we like them to be long-term. But then we might have um, an introduction for a younger person Quite often, we'll get um, an 18 or a 19-year-old that may be coming out of another form of care. Um, And really, it's just that time to to settle in, learn some skills, maybe some money management skills, some cooking skills, some home management skills. So really, at the time of referral for a placement, we have those discussions. Are we looking long-term or are we looking to invest and some uh, looking at some outcomes, outcomes and goals to be achieved mm-hmm. um, for that person then to move on to something slightly more independent. That works really well with young, with our younger yeah. people, because mm-hmm. uh, most people at eighteen are not ready to to leave home. They still need that little bit of support and yes. nurturing and, and yeah. learning some skills. Yeah. So yeah, it can be shared. Lives also offers respite to families that continue supporting their family members at home, but sometimes they need a break. So we'll do those matching and introductions as well for our respite carers in shared lives.
0: Wow, really interesting. I don't, I'm not sure I knew all that before. So thank
1: yeah. you very much for sharing brilliant that. brilliant service, it's yeah, all about
2: brilliant. Amazing, amazing And I'll, I'll, I'll just say as well, that um, although we're looking at family homes and environments, that will never replace blood family. So if there's parents or sisters and brothers that um, are supporting someone, but they feel that they can't do that full time, then they, it creates a kind of more sibling relationship where the, the support of maybe personal care or other or needs that are being met can be supported in Shared Lives, but we can naturally nurture that normal yeah. relationship between yeah. families. So it doesn't replace um, ordinary family, you know. Um, it To me, it enhances it. Yeah.
0: And how many staff do you have?
2: So Shared Lives Carers are self-employed. Um, oh, and okay. So they're, they're commissioned by Coventry City Council. Okay. Um, and the scheme, um, we have, um, I've got four Shared Lives Officers and myself that, okay. that run the scheme and we have 54 homes uh, that we have okay. people placed in. So the scheme staff manage those placements and offer all the support to the carers and the people in placement. Okay. We do monitoring visits, we'll do carer reviews, placement yeah. reviews, and we, we help support with all the training, um, ongoing training.
0: Okay and but you're registered with CQC.
2: Yeah. You? So the yes. scheme is registered with CQC. Yeah. Um so obviously we're responsible for um evidencing in the five key lines of inquiry yeah. um that all the individual homes are, are supported and um offering great services.
0: Yeah and you were rated outstanding at
2: your last <gasps> inspection i know well we was we were so we were so proud yeah it was um it was lovely so that was um we had our inspection just before um the first lockdown um and then i think it was april time that we um, we got the news that we've been overall rated outstanding which was great because obviously March, April, May yeah. was, was very difficult. So yeah. to get that news was lovely. Yeah.
0: And did, have you celebrated it?
2: Oh, you know, it's been really difficult. Um, we did over teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, there is going to be um, something definitely organised for all our carers and our people placed as well. Yeah. Um, because it's not really just about scheme workers. You know, we're outstanding because of all the work the carers do um and everything are the people that we support do because really that's who we learn from yeah, yeah. Uh, and um know if we're getting it right or wrong or what needs to be be changed yeah so yes there will be hopefully celebrations when we can get more than two people together yeah, absolutely, <laughs>
1: absolutely.
0: And and um, what were, kind of thinking back on that inspection, so how what are the things you were sort of preparing beforehand um, for the inspection?
2: Yeah, um, I think most residential man- managers will resonate with what I'm gonna say. When when you know your inspection's coming up, it's quite a nerve-wracking event because you you know you're going you want to hit all them five key lines of inquiry you want to promote your service and i think um, i've been involved in four or five um inspections previously with shared lives um, and other services but i think being the registered manager this time mm. so i was responsible as how i felt <laughs> for for how this inspection went it really felt different um, this time We had really invested time in changing our paperwork and the way we evidenced our work. Um, So rather than just trying to get through the inspection, um, we were really quite excited about this inspection. We'd started to um, collate lots of evidence and information. I think what's really important um, for managers going through the the CQC inspection is, is to collate an evidence folder. Mm. So we've got lots of things, you know, saved in files and folders um, on our drives. But for me, it was really good to have that paper kind of um, lever archer folder that every time there was something Um, that I felt met outstanding in responsive or outstanding in well-led or in safe. I just slotted it into that, that folder. So it was always there as a reminder for me and to always reflect on. And it was a great folder to hand over to an inspector and say, oh, this is where I feel that we've really achieved in the last two years. We've changed, you know, paperwork, um or we've we've done our quality assurances this information came back and this is what we've done to try and address that so i think if you do have something in your area where you feel you've pre- it's perhaps not your strongest i think it's really important to recognize that and say that to your inspector. I never feel that it, CQC inspectors are there to trip you up. You know, it's really your time to shine. And if you haven't got something that you feel is your, your biggest strength, identify it, put some, some things into action so that you've got a kind of path of how you are looking to achieve that. I think that's as important as evidencing, evidencing all your great work that you're doing. Yeah, mm. I completely agree.
0: And I think some of the things that when I talk to um, CQC inspectors that they talk about is, is kind of being able to show exactly what you're saying that, you know, something has been highlighted in some way it can be a suggestion it could be from an improvement plan it could be uh you know a complaint a suggestion you know it could be in any in, know in supervision could be that yeah. that can come from so many different sources but being able to have evidence in an improvement plan you know this is what the issue that's that's been highlighted this is what we're going to do about it this is what we have done about it and this is the outcome for the Absolutely. people that we're supporting mm-hmm. um, i think being able to kind of show that as a as a as a halfway and being able to then almost tick it off saying yeah no we've we've done that we've reviewed it as well and we've now can show see, see and we can evidence that something has made a real change to the people we're supporting i think that's a a really good way of of, of, of providing that evidence rather
2: absolutely than just, you know. yeah and i do feel that you know with with life being so busy and when you're in the office and you you're kind of trying to sort and resolve all other issues those conversations aren't always recorded or Mm, always mm. put to one side and before you know it a month's gone by and you think oh but if you just keep even if it's a rough note slot it in and then you can kind of write it up later or Mm. but just to keep that folder going where you think gosh that was brilliant you know that was a really good piece of work let's remember that.
1: I like how you're being so proactive about it. So you're actually saying that is something that evidence is outstanding, and you're keeping it. That that you know really going for it. Yeah,
2: because it is busy, isn't it, in social care? And we do have these little conversations and catch ups. And I think if anything, I've learned is to jot that down, even if you have to go back to it later to type Mm. it up. Is to to remember it because you. There's always something else to move on to. So just keep a little wallet file or something where you can keep shoving notes in to remind you that actually, yeah, I need to go back and reflect on that and get that that
0: cross-reference cross yeah. it in some way. This is where you will find more information about this. Yeah. You know, if you want to read more And then approach.
2: and then when you do come to having an inspection date you can start looking at skills for care is brilliant for that, you know, in, right. So what are they looking for in good and outstanding in caring? What are they looking for for good in, 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 in all the key lines of inquiries, then all that information you've just shoved into a file and you're going to go through, you can actually say, actually, that was a very good piece of work for safe. And that was yeah. a very good piece of work for, for well-led. Yeah. So it can all come together
0: yeah well it clearly clearly did on the day
2: (laughs) (laughs) worked for me worked for me (laughs) yeah exactly
0: well you're i I was reading your inspection report, and and it stated that your your leadership was exceptional distinctive and 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 i think you know those two words to be describing your leadership must have been a a fantastic experience to have have have, uh, some approval um and describe you like that
2: yeah i do i do think if you get outstanding as well led and you are the manager it's very nice to hear um yeah uh, we were all very very pleased with um the report um but this is a team (laughs) you know it's it's an absolute team effort and all our carers and all our our service users that use our service
0: yeah yeah and well led very much it's about it's not just that one person this has been able to show that actually you know you're you're listening to others you know people have a cu- you have a culture where people feel that they can you know make suggestions which sounds like you know with your improvement plan that's something that's really important to you that that other other stakeholders of your workforce and your um the carers and the the people you're supporting or they're yeah. supporting are, are all able to make suggestions comments and they're taking you know as a po- as a positive thing
2: isn't it Absolutely because I think as well the well-led um, is really about Um, so there's only so much you can do as a registered manager when you're talking to the inspector and I think it's quite hard or I find it quite difficult to kind of big yourself up or you know say oh this is why I think I'm out. So that information does actually come from others yeah. for an inspector to make that decision so yeah that, that's quite thing
1: yeah. really. You describe shared lives as, as entering into a family, but it sounds like you're treating everybody as one big family, including the people you're supporting.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think um, I think I'm very lucky with the team I have. Um, your, your service is only as good as the people that you're you're supporting to deliver that. Um, so, as far as the actual scheme workers. Um, we're a very close. Um, we've been very static for, for many years. We've worked in other services together. I feel that I was quite lucky in the that when I went to Shared Lives, um, I've been involved in the recruitment um, and interviewing of that team mm. that we that we are now. Um, get very little movement with start Well, I've had no movement in. Six, seven years with, with the staff team. Um, we do all share a building. Um, I think it's really important as a manager to keep your door open. Um, so I hope, I mean, they're probably the best people to ask about well led, um, <laughs> rather than me. But I think it's it, it's really good for a manager to recognise your staff's strengths and weaknesses and work on those. Have an open door always be available um, and I think I have tried to lead a culture of um, you know if somebody's finding something difficult or maybe've done something they're not they don't feel they've done so well there's nothing to hide in our team everything's mm. solvable everything um, is up for discussion there's no blame culture or uh, you know or anything like that it's it's a very open office Um, and they're they're all so different which is great that they all come together so well as a team and we've we've all got the same values and um, what we're working towards
0: yeah to have that common aim is important isn't it
2: oh absolutely we all need to be heading in the right direction
0: yeah so i know you have a number of student placements as well um so why is that important to you to offer student placements
2: Well, talking about um, the team, I've got two uh, qualified social workers on the team. Um, One is an experienced social worker that has worked in a social work team for for many years before coming to Shared Lives. And one's a newly qualified um, social worker when she came to us. And I think um, it's a really really good way we are an internal provider service so we're not a social work team Mm -hmm. but I think it's really important for the social workers on the team to keep in with social workers they have so much experience and skills and knowledge that we felt originally when we had um, student social workers that we would be kind of guiding and teaching them I think they taught us as much um, because we are, we, you know, we've all been in the service a long time. I don't think any of us are com- uh, complacent with what we know and how we work, but it's always great to have fresh ideas. Um, and it also, when you're talking to the, the students, you're reflecting on your own practice and it does make you question Oh I, I always do that because I've always done that, or here's a new fresh idea yeah. um, coming in that, that just make you reflect, and that's the only way you could move on um, with those fresh fresh ideas. So yeah, it was a really a really good um, good thing for us um, that the, the social worker, the experienced social worker on the team kind of led on that. I was just there as the manager and kind of stepped in and out Um, but um, that member of staff as a social worker kind of led on that and we learned you know quite a bit from the student and questioned some of our own um, practices. Uh, The the first student we had did a presentation um, and she wanted to critique our service there's not many teams that get that opportunity no. to, to hear from fresh eyes coming into our service and just looking at what was working really well, what she felt would make a difference if we we yeah. changed a few things. Um, so we learned... We learn as much yeah. from, our, from our students.
1: That, that seems yeah. to be a theme, Cam, because you said, the first of all, you learned a lot from the service users, and now you're saying you're learning from students. So obviously you're really open to learning um, from others.
2: Oh, I think we're like that as a team. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're a service, so we need to ask the people that are using our service, yeah. is it good? You know are we doing what you need us to do um, and are we supported so yeah it's kind of i wouldn't say there's there's one area of learning in 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 any social care um setting but yeah we are very open to to learning new ways and trying to improve
0: sounds
1: great right, we go. we're going to go on and ask you some questions that we ask everybody karen and, and the first one is Um, What story or experience do you always tell people? It could be in a social situation or a work situation. Have you got a go-to story that you tell?
2: Oh, do you know, I looked... I was trying to think of something to say, and there are so many lovely stories. And I think the one that always jumps out on me is that we we do do um, Christmas parties and we do... um, there's Shared Lives Week, which is in June, and we always try and organise something. Um, and I think when we go into people's homes and see, you know, we're there to do a monitoring visit, as, as relaxed and intrusive as we try to be, we are there to try and gather information or share. So to see people in in a social setting with a disco and a lot more relaxed um, I would say was great. What we found from doing those is um, a big part of our our service um, is recognising relationships. And I think people predominantly, I would say with learning disabilities, have very limited um, access to meeting peers and and groups of people that they may have something in common with. Oh, my goodness, our Christmas parties. (laughs) Um, I suppose you could equate them to the old office parties of the 70s and 80s. And watching those relationships develop uh, for the people we support. Um, And just all the normal things we take for granted um, that we do without even thinking about. For me to stand back and watch a guy that's supported in learning disabilities asking another lady that's supported in um, our service, would she like a drink and they go to the bar and order a drink and then yeah. that those little looks and can we have a dance? We've got somebody in relationships uh, developing through those, which I just think we've created such a nice environment where we now have carers that support people to organize um those kind of meetings and relationships. Um, I will quickly say one of the nicest stories I've heard from the Covid um, and the lockdown situation was one of those relationships that developed at a Christmas party. Um, Although they couldn't meet up and spend time together, um, they were writing letters and posting them to each other. The carers had set up Zoom meetings where one would, they would have their dinner in front of them and they would be able to see each other through. So even through lockdown, which has been very difficult for people that don't live together in relationships, mm-hmm. getting together and seeing has still been working. I think that's one of the nicest stories I've heard uh, uh, through this period that's been quite difficult is that it's still nice to be able to, to see those develop. Oh, that's great,
1: thanks. It's it? yeah, it's a, and it's nice that you're telling a story about again about the service users. So thinking about what what's really important for them again. You bring in. Hope you
2: have a Christmas party this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're hoping it's it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of everything. It's gonna be a bit shared lives week, Christmas, thank
1: uh, yeah. you, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Together.
2: We we definitely deserve a party.
1: So thinking about i'm I'm just thinking that you at the beginning when you said about your journey into social care you're an example of what we say you know care is a career for life because you've been um since you were a child you said but what is it then that you really really like about what you do we've got two reallys there so it's that, that passion about what you do what i really really
2: like um i think through the years i've seen various different models of um of social care and each one appropriate in it in its own setting and to, to meet those needs. And I think through that journey through social care, where um, so I am going back thirty odd years, and it was always about meeting people's needs, um, and they were usually basic needs, you know, that they were kept warm and clean and and fed and um, safe. And I think through those years, we've seen the importance of people's well-being. Um, Mm. No more than now, really. I think it's really come to the forefront. So through that journey, I think, you know, looking at people's personalities, their likes and dislikes and them as a person um, and making a difference. Um, I've always felt in whatever role I've been in, that I have made a difference to people mm-hmm. but none more so the shared lives uh, mm-hmm. because that's where I get to work with individuals and really look at them as 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 what's important to them mm-hmm. you know and most people we support with needs don't think about being clean or being fed or being mm-hmm. it it's getting out there and if they they want to hang glide, they want to swim, they want to go to the pictures, and that that's what brings the joy to me is seeing people do things that we take for granted. And um, Like in
1: your story, have relationships with others. That sort of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, and just and and I have seen that over the year. I think country City Council's very um, proactive in recognising. Um, people's choices and being able to live the lives they do and I've seen that journey as I've been working with the local authority for all those years and um, that's what I really love about my job great I, I see a difference in
1: people's yeah. lives brilliant and um, our time for care slot is a chance for you to pass on your most time-saving tip to other managers so What advice would you give to others in terms of time-saving tips?
2: Oh, my goodness. If I'd worked that one out. Um, (laughs) I would say that um, investing your time initially saves a lot of time later. Mm. um, And planning... Um, and allowing yourself as um, i used to feel really guilty if I blocked out my calendar or put my do not disturb on, or mm. guys, I'm just going to shut this door because I just really need to—is to not feel guilty about that. That we, because if we don't get things done, we do worry about it later on. Mm. So mm. not to feel guilty about planning your your time and allowing yourself that time to do it. Um, yeah, and investing in any task or activity you're trying to do is to invest in that in the beginning because you're not going to then encounter problems ongoing. Uh, well, you will, but <laughs> maybe, maybe not as many if you've invested that time in the beginning. Yeah.
1: That's great. I think you described that in your um, advice about the lever arch file and getting it all <laughs> things in as you went along. So that's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, I, and you know, I think it's really good advice because you can kind of really imagine... When you're starting anything new, to invest time to allow yourself reflecting and thinking time, um, it, it's really worthwhile. Even though it might seem like a luxury, it's actually, it actually shouldn't be a luxury. It Should be something that's that's essential.
2: Yeah, I think we all we all need that 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 time, um, just to yeah, without lots of intru- you know
1: interruptions.
2: Yeah, um, and sometimes we feel a bit guilty saying I'm just taking time out to. To sit and work this
1: one out. <laughs> so don't feel guilty. That's good advice to others. That's great. So um the, the hardest thing we're going to ask you to do is thinking about everything you've said today. And you, you've told us um you know, it's great that to have that explanation of shared lives, because I think lots of people won't know necessarily have understood what it was, and that certainly helped me understand it. But are you able to think of three words to really sum up? your ideas that you talked about um a kind of to leave the listener with what would be your three words and you can't explain them people have been quite good at explaining them as well
2: <laughs> i think um i think it's probably what i've already used um mm-hmm. plan okay invest and record okay yeah that's three uh, words they would be um things that yeah is instrumental in your own development in your team's development in just generally being able to to run your service outstandingly
1: yeah, yeah
0: that's a good way to end on well done
1: yeah. <laughs> and you did it in three words which you a lot of people don't <laughs> right
0: <laughs> some people sometimes we have people cheat a bit thank you so much karen it's been really really interesting and and you've shared some good tips i think you know and that's mm-hmm. always one of the things i really want this podcast to be is about sharing good tips. you shared loads so thank you so much for your time today no
2: thank you thank
0: you take care bye thanks karen bye Thank you to our guest, Karen Ross.
1: Yeah, I, I really um, was interested in what she was saying about shared lives and how I feel a lot clearer of what shared lives is now. It's a great scheme. That whole family thing came across really, really clearly that everybody is, is treated as part of the family.
0: Yeah, I've say I, I knew a little bit about shared lives, but I know so much more and I'm really pleased that, that we had Karen on to explain because I think it's probably one part of the sector many people may not know much about. I thought it was really interesting when she was talking about offering um, work experience to social workers. So I know I spoke about being a register manager before and in the service that I managed, it was a residential uh, home. Uh, I'm not a nurse, but we had so many different types of students. We had nursing, OT, police officers, um, college students, and I would say every single uh, placement, gave something to the service so you may think that it's something you know additional work and yes it is in a in some way but we, we got so much out of it as a team we learned something from every single one we like karen was talking about we we reflected on our practices it made us really think we had somebody come in with new ideas we took so many of those ideas and mm. and when the student was no longer with us we embedded them into our oh, ways of working i could only i can only highly recommend contacting your local university your local college and talked about uh our students um, it's Just for Care does have a really good um, uh, guide called Offering Meaningful Work Experience, um, which gives you a really good thing about just thinking about, you know, how am I going to offer that meaningful work experience? What are the things I need to think about beforehand, a little bit about that planning that Karen was talking about, and how can we make sure that learning is really embedded within the service?
1: Yeah and and she was so strong wasn't she about how much you learn and uh, from having students I thought that was great. Yeah. The other thing that I was struck by with what she said was when she was telling her story and she was saying about you know the, the way that they were able to introduce some of the people being supported by the shared life scheme to each other through the Christmas party and things and so it's so important to remember that That's such an important thing for the kind of people that they're supporting and particularly those with learning disabilities, like she mentioned. And we just actually produced fairly recently a new guide, which is on supporting people who need care and support to have meaningful and safe relationships. I I was pleased when that guide came out because it is an area that we forget, isn't it? We don't often think about that. But that guide really helps you think as as a worker, how you can really support people to have those meaningful relationships, but in a safe way. And enabling that so that might be um useful i know what she was saying really brought that to life for me
0: yeah and it's a it's a resource that's been produced with cqc so if mm. you are cqc rate a regulator it's a good good thing to look at in terms of how are we doing everything we can to develop personal relationships thank you for listening uh do have a look at the show notes much more about details of the resources that we talked about today and also some of the things that Karen talked about.
1: Yeah. And don't forget the Care Exchange Conversations a monthly podcast. So as we said, make sure you click on the subscribe button, then you get notifications of the next episode. And and thanks again for listening. Thank you. Bye.